okay, moms, I don't know what your kids may have written or said to you today, you moms who are here with kids, but I want you to hear what some kids did write to their moms for Mother's Day on cards and in notes. There's a little girl named Angie, eight years old. She said, Dear Mother, I'm going to make dinner for you on Mother's Day. It's going to be a surprise. P.S. I hope you like pizza and popcorn. Robert said, I got you a turtle for Mother's Day. I hope you like the turtle better than the snake I got you last year. <laughs> Eileen, dear mother, I wish Mother's Day wasn't always on Sunday. It'd be better if it were on Monday so we wouldn't have to go to school. <laughs> Diane said, I hope you like the flowers I got you for Mother's Day. I picked them myself when Mr. Smith wasn't looking. <laughs> And then Carol, dear mother, here are two aspirins. Have a happy Mother's Day. <laughs> yes, today is Mother's Day. And it is appropriate to raise a flag and say thank you to moms, to moms in life who have done and who are doing a great job to help us get somewhere in life. We ought to be thankful, shouldn't we, for every good lesson that moms helped instill into our lives in those important years growing up. Just a second here while I get my wireless mic to quit tying me up. Uh, we're going to be challenged on a level of faith and boldness by a mother whose life we're going to look at here in just a moment. And we're also going to see how her faith shaped her work as a mother in particular. It took her to some places that she otherwise never would have gone. There is a certain element in this woman we're going to look at, a certain element of mama bear, and you know what that is. That's the thing you don't cross. But the thing that comes to the front in her life as we get to see it is her faith. And I want you to keep in mind today as we visit her story this line, that great faith will take us places that we otherwise couldn't go. So this will apply to all of us today. Yeah, I'll be talking about moms and two moms all along the way, but that's kind of what happens in this story. Matthew chapter 15 and Mark chapter 7. I'm doing something this morning. I have, I don't think I've done this previous, but I've taken two different passages of scripture, Matthew's account and Mark's account of the same story and I've put them together. I've harmonized them. That's called a harmony when you take two of the Gospels and tell the same story using both of them. So that's what this is. So if you turn to either Matthew 15 or to Mark 7 or somehow to both of them and look at both, then what you will hear are these words put together from both of those places. So Matthew 15 in verse 21 and Mark 7 in verse 24 here are the words from there. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a Canaanite woman from that region, whose little daughter had an unclean spirit, came out, fell down at his feet, and was crying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. And she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But he did not answer her a word. 
Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she's crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. The demon has left your daughter. And her daughter was healed instantly, and she went home and found the child lying in bed, and the demon gone. What a great story. I don't know where everyone who is here today and everybody joining us online, I don't know where you're trying to go in life exactly. Somewhere, I hope. I hope you're trying to get somewhere But I do know this, that faith in Jesus Christ will enable you to do things and enable you to go places that without it you couldn't do and places you couldn't go. Great faith takes us places we otherwise couldn't go. And I get that idea from the story of this woman, a Syrophoenician woman. We don't know her name, but I do see where faith took her, and I want you to see that with me together in this story today. First of all, how she crossed Social barriers. That's one place it took her, across social barriers. Every culture, every society has boundaries, written or unwritten. Places where you're welcome to be and places where you're not. Places where you can go and other places where it may not even be safe for you to go. Because, well... It's the way it is. Places where you would be welcomed and other places where you just won't fit in. This lady dealt with some really serious barriers. Right or wrong, there were barriers to help her get help for her daughter that day. Somewhere beyond what Matthew and Mark record for us, somewhere behind it all is the backstory. You know, that's the story you don't get behind the story. The rest of it at home. Her little girl, the apple of her eye, at some point in her life, she is a little girl, we know that, at some point in her life she becomes demon-possessed. That same kind of thing that we read about in other parts of the Gospels causes people to throw themselves in water and fire. There's one man who lives among the tombs, naked, gashing himself with rocks, crying out at night. This little girl at home is hopelessly owned by Satan. And we can only imagine the heartache that this mom feels as her little girl suffers, and all of this is out of her control. Think about that backstory. It's got to be something like that, right? And think about how much would that motivate a mom to do to help her little girl? Well, for one thing, it would take her beyond some normal barriers in life. Here are some that she went past. She had to seek out Jesus. She had to find him. 
This is one of these rare places in the Gospels, although there are a few, where Jesus is trying to get away from the crowds. The schedule is such that he's got to get some rest. The disciples need some rest. And so he's going away. If you look at the map where Jesus goes, he's up north from where he normally would be, closer to the Mediterranean Sea in Gentile country, away to get rest. Doesn't matter. This mother didn't look at the do not disturb sign on the door. She went ahead and rang the doorbell anyway because she was going to get to Jesus. That barrier wasn't going to get in the way. Moms, let me point out to you something here. Here's an example to latch on to today. Go out of your way to get your kids to Jesus. Go out of your way to do that. There's a Mother's Day card that read on the front, Mom, I remember that little prayer you used to say for me every day. On the inside it said, God help you if you ever do that again. (laughs) You're going to have to work around somebody's sports schedule. You're going to have to maybe jump through the hurdle of homework. You may have to do battle with Social media or games, not you may have to, you will have to. You may be looked at as kind of funny by some other parents. Again, not may, you will. You may actually have to listen to some complaining and some whining once in a while. Can you imagine? But if you're convinced that your kids need Jesus Christ as the greatest need in their life, you will seek him out for their sakes. You'll get past that barrier. You'll find a way. Moms have a way of doing things. And that'll be the most important act of mothering that you will ever do. She passed another barrier. She was a woman. And in her culture, that really was a barrier. You've got to understand that. Women didn't just casually approach men and strike up a casual conversation with them. In John chapter 4, when Jesus speaks to a Samaritan woman outside of Sychar at the well, she's surprised, and she says it, that he would speak to her, not only that she was a Samaritan, but also that she was a woman. You just didn't do that in that culture. So for her to show up at this house and at the feet of Jesus begging would raise eyebrows. That wasn't appropriate. Moms, you want another example to take home? Here's another one to latch on to today. Don't let culture get in the way of doing whatever it is your kids need. Once again, whether that's right or wrong, it's the culture. Sometimes it's wrong. Kids' greatest needs don't change. Cultures do, but the greatest need in everyone's life doesn't. Cultures decided that mom's present at, presence at home and her impact in kids' lives isn't quite as important as it used to be. Is that true? When did that change? Or could it be that culture changes and the need doesn't? Don't let cultural norms become the rule for life in your home. She also was a Canaanite and a Gentile. That's the third thing she overcame. Once again, she's not the only person to cross that barrier. That Samaritan woman in John 4, she was also a Samaritan. That was part of the issue there. 
And this woman in this story is crossing that same kind of barrier by walking in with her nationality, not Jewish, and her non-Jewishness, as far as we know. And this wasn't a problem for Jesus, but for most everyone else around him, it is a problem. Just picture today having invited over to your house for lunch the presidents of Israel and Iran. Do you suppose that'd be a little awkward? So here's this awkwardness at the feet of Jesus. And moms, here is one more thing for you to ponder. Don't let wrong prejudices get in between Jesus and your kids. And I'm not talking about just being led around by every wind of supposed equality that you hear about. I'm talking about wrong attitudes towards anybody because of their race or their appearance or because of the way others think of them. You know, this morning, if you hear your kids putting down a person or building up a person just because of their race or just because of their physical appearance or something else like that that really shouldn't matter, you might want to look real carefully at where they got that attitude. You know what I'm talking about, parents. How often have you heard your kids blurt out something and suddenly you realize the place where they have heard that from? Be honest, been there, done that, all right? And as a dad, I learned most of the character bents that I saw in my kids that I kind of wish they didn't have, I know where those came from. It was just like an amplification of the things about me that I wish were different. Children learn important lessons as they watch how the grown-ups around them handle life handle our cultural differences. Now, those are some of the social barriers, the, the cultural barriers that this lady overcame to get help from Jesus. And your list, I know, looks a little different from hers, but there is a list like that. All of us parents can see all too clearly some of the obstacles that stand between us and between having our kids, our grandkids, be what we want for them to be. And I believe it's an excellent mother who looks beyond those obstacles to see her children's need for Jesus. Moms, if you really are convinced that your child is without hope in this world unless Jesus is part of the picture, you will move heaven and earth to get them to Jesus. You'll overcome whatever it is you need to to make sure he's there. I admire that about this lady. It took her there. She crossed those barriers. Here's the second thing she did. She didn't give up. Didn't give up. There was a teenager tired of high school. There's a new thing, especially this time of year. It's almost there. He'd gotten behind in school, and basically he was giving up. And his mom... Being a good mom was sticking with it, trying to convince him to stick with it. Son, you just can't quit, she told him. All of the people of history who are remembered are the people who didn't quit. Abraham Lincoln didn't give up. Douglas MacArthur didn't give up. Thomas Edison didn't quit. 
Elmo Kringle, he quit. Son said, Elmo Kringle, who's Elmo Kringle? She said, that's why you don't remember him. He quit. <laughs> I saw a cartoon. Uh, it was a picture of a, a lady, a mother at home with her kids. And her hair is a disaster. The kids are everywhere. The house is in shambles. It's a wreck. And in the front door is walking her husband coming home from work. It's the Leave it to Beaver setup, you know. And, and he's walking in, still all neat in his, his nice white-collar work clothes. And he's looking at her. Uh, she's looking at him. And he has this big question mark on her face. She says to him, you come home every evening and ask what I do all day? Today, I didn't do it, and here it is. <laughs> so here's some advice for you today. If you've got a lot of tension, if you have a, a tendency to headaches and things like that, just get the Tylenol bottle, do what it says. Take two, and keep away from children. Moms, you are involved in the noblest profession in all of history, and we need you. We need you, moms. I'm speaking directly to moms with kids at home right now. Don't give up. Don't give up, especially when it comes to our children and their need for Jesus. The fact is, all of us need to be united in this effort together. Amen? Moms, you're on the front lines of this. Don't give up. Look at how this mother, I want to look at the text again here. Look at how she faced discouragement in this story that we looked at today, but she didn't back down. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter, but he did not answer her a word. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she's crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Doesn't this seem strange to you? Isn't it strange to read this? You might be reading it this morning and going, Why was Jesus so hard on this lady? fact is, many of us have asked that very same question of God at some time when we hit the wall, haven't we? God, why? Why are you so hard on me? Why don't you answer? Why don't you do what I am asking? Why do you seem so distant, so indifferent? And I think the answer has to be the same as it is in this story. We look at it, you look at it carefully, Jesus wasn't tr trying to dash her to the ground, was he? He was stretching her faith. He was helping others to see her faith. He was growing her in this process. It wasn't something that he was doing that was going to make her give up. He was doing something that would show to everyone just how far great faith would take a person. First chapter of James, when James speaks about facing trials of various kinds, he says, uh, you should go ahead and not lose heart in the middle of all that because God is using that to make you a complete person. Look where this took her. It took her past Jesus' silence. At first, he didn't say a thing to her. 
Have you ever seen someone in public, uh, someone that you know and they see you and you wave or say hi and they just breeze on by? Kind of takes the wind out of your sails, doesn't it? I forgive you, it's okay. (laughs) Kidding. Imagine the challenge this lady felt where she has gone out of her way to get in front of Jesus, spoken directly to him, and his first response is no response. Says he didn't answer her. Some of you know how it feels to be praying about something, seeking God's help in something, talking to God about something for some time, maybe a long time, and maybe it seems in the midst of all of that asking him that he's ignoring you. What do you do? Well, Jesus teaches us in other parts of the Gospels that when that happens, we're supposed to persist, aren't we? Don't give up. Luke chapter 8, don't give up at that. I want to tell you, moms, if you have been praying for your child for a month, a year, or for 20 years, and it seems like God just hasn't listened to you yet, don't give up. Follow this lady's example. In the face of Jesus, she didn't give up. It also took her past criticism. Not only was Jesus not answering her, but did you see it? On this occasion, there were those who were criticizing her. Tell her to go away. She doesn't belong here. There are a few occasions where Jesus is speaking to someone else, and he says words that they need to hear, but all along that time that he is speaking, he's saying it for the benefit of those who are around so that they'll learn from the situation. Here the the disciples were, whoever is there with him, are urging Jesus to send this woman away. It's not the only time they would do that kind of a thing. And guess what? They were wrong. Their critique about whether she belonged there or not was wrong. I'm thankful for mothers today who choose to do what's needed instead of what the world thinks needs to be done. 1894, a rhetoric teacher in Harrow, England, writes a note on a 16-year-old's report card. It says, a conspicuous lack of success. The 16-year-old was Winston Churchill, I'm glad his mother didn't just accept that critique of her son. This mother, in the story that we're looking at here, didn't let the criticism around her stop her from getting Jesus into her daughter's life. Moms, you're going to be criticized. If you're doing it correctly, you're going to be criticized. If you have children, you're going to be criticized. (laughs) And your children will be criticized. Don't give up. Peter said in 1 Peter 4, 16, Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. 
Washington Irving said, the love of a mother is never exhausted, it never changes, it never tires, it endures through all, in good repute, in bad repute, in, fa in the face of the world's condemnation, a mother's love still lives on. Don't give up. There were some other difficult words that she worked through, the words that we wouldn't expect. We didn't expect that Jesus would just say nothing, but then when he went ahead and did answer her, we probably don't expect the words that he used. Her faith took her past that answer that he gave her. First, he points out she's not a Jew. Did you see that? Jesus said, I have come to whom? I've come to the lost sheep of Israel. You're not one. He didn't say that those words aren't recorded there, but that's what he is saying. I came to the lost sheep of Israel, of which you are not one. But she didn't let that stop her. She persisted. Her faith was big enough, apparently, to somehow know that God's love extended to non-Jews also. That's true. And the next thing we know, she's kneeling at his feet and saying what any person says when they come to the realization in life that their only hope is in Jesus Christ. Here are three great words. Lord, help me. God doesn't turn people away when they come to him with that kind of a prayer. The kind that says, I can't do this on my own. I need you. I'm depending on you. You could do that today. Whoever you are, you could do that today. You could come before God with words like that, and he won't turn you away. Isn't that great news? If you really have faith in Jesus Christ, it could take you to that point, the point where you come before him and say, I don't have what I need, but you do. Will you help me? Jesus pushed her even more. Not only was he being deliberately slow in his response, but he also used a difficult word picture then to describe what she is asking for. Did you see what he called it? It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Now, notice this for one thing. He didn't call her a dog. He didn't say that helping her would be just a waste. But saying what he did say sure makes it tough not to think about that, doesn't it? He just continued to help her and us to look at this and to see the largeness of her faith. Her reply is perfect. Her reply is ideal. In essence, she was willing to say to Jesus, you know what, I am willing to become a dog if that's what I need to do. If that's what I have to wear, so be it. That's what I will do in order to help my daughter. She wasn't going to give up. Moms, we need you not to give up. We need you to work through the barriers. We need you to hang tough when it gets tough. And we know it does. Irma Bombeck, bless her heart, wrote a lot of great stuff. Years ago, she wrote this. Sometimes we forget how important stability is to a child. I've always told mine, the easiest part of being a mother is giving birth. The hardest part is showing up for it each day. 
Mother's Day is traditionally the day when children give something back to their mothers for all the spit they produce to wash dirty faces, all the old gum they held in their hands, all the noses they wipe, and all the bloody knees they made well with a kiss. This is the day mothers are rewarded for washing all those sheets in the middle of the night, driving kids to school when they missed the bus, and enduring all the football games in the rain. It's appreciation day for making your children finish something they said they couldn't do, not believing them when they said, I hate you, and sharing their good times and their bad times. Their card, their cards probably won't reflect it, but what they are trying to say is, thank you for showing up. And I will add, ladies, if that's you, thank you for not giving up. Don't give up. There's one more place where this lady's faith took her and where great faith can take us today, and that is she humbled herself. God is not impressed by people who get in a huff and walk off at the first sign of resistance. It is an awfully small and self-centered faith that doesn't get what it wants right away, so it runs off to pout. Not this lady. Look again from Matthew 15, from Mark 7. He answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. The demon has left your daughter, and her daughter was healed instantly, and she went home and found the child lying in bed, and the demon gone. I can just picture the look of shock on the disciples' faces and the joy on Jesus' face as this lady answered the way she did. Most people would have become indignant, but a mother with great faith seeking help for her child, what does she do? She becomes humble. Her status didn't matter. How she looked in everyone else's eyes didn't matter. Even accepting a difficult title, if she needed to, from Jesus himself didn't matter. Her daughter needed Jesus. He could help. That's what mattered to her. I admire the way that this lady also realized about herself that she didn't have the right, if you will, to ask great things from Jesus. No one with the right heart ever comes to Jesus and acts like he owes us something. Moms can tell you that motherhood includes having supersized humility. That's just part of the deal. In fact, the experience of childbirth starts all that for you. Toddlers having a fit on the floor of Target, that helps that grow. And then kids going through the teen years pretty well completes it. One of the qualities that made this woman a great mom was her willingness to be humbled for the sake of her child. What does that have to do with faith, you ask? I'm glad you asked that. Everything. Everything. It's humbling to close your eyes and have to have somebody lead you around. That's humbling, isn't it? Paul says we walk by faith, not by sight.
it's humbling to say that we're counting on something that's not our own and we haven't even seen. Hebrews 11 says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Accepting Jesus means humbling ourselves by saying to him, we can't depend on ourselves. That takes great faith. When this mother put faith into play, it helped her win over the devil's control in her daughter's life. That's the bottom line of this story. One Mother's Day, uh, in the cartoon strip, for better or for worse, I remember seeing this. It showed Michael Patterson's mother, the mom of that family in that cartoon series, tossing and turning on her bed, and she's lying there pondering to herself her role of motherhood, asking herself, am I too tough or am I too lenient? Do I give in too much or too seldom? Do I listen to what he has to say? Do I understand him? Do I nag him too much? Am I really a good parent? And the last frame shows her son, Michael, lying on his bed, thinking to himself, the problem with grown-ups is they just think they know it all. Probably not. In fact, the only perfect parents are the ones who aren't parents yet. Don't worry about your mom thinking that she knows everything. You cured her of that many years ago. A mother who is a woman of faith is someone who humbles herself before the master. You know, every Mother's Day faces me with the same challenge. How do I speak to everybody? How do I address a word to everybody who isn't a mother? And this morning, I hope that looking at the story of this lady who is also a mother helps you to see how her qualities are the same qualities that God wants from every one of us, doesn't he? These very things are the things that all of us need. Scripture tells us that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Coming to him to be saved means humbling yourself. Have you done that? Are you prepared to do that? Are you ready this morning to step up and to come to Jesus and to say to him, Lord, help me? The only reason a person would do that is because they understand that they need Jesus Christ and that he has something for you that you can't have on your own. That's what this lady did. If you're here today and you're understanding, maybe for the very first time about your life, that you need a Savior, that there's this situation, and that the right response is to come to Jesus Christ and, and to come with that on your heart, Lord, save me, I need your help. If you're ready to make that decision today, then, then you're right on the verge of stepping over to life. If you'd like to learn what it means to become a follower of Jesus, if you don't know what that means, you need to find out, and we would love for you to learn. We would love to sit down with you with God's Word and, and open it up, and in a very short time, you could understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So if you're online this morning and you're joining us and you're thinking about that, we want you to get in touch with us, please. Please cccrockford.org slash 
connect. Connect with us. Let us connect with you and share with you from God's word. If you're here this morning and that's what you want to do, we're going to sing a song here in just a moment. This is what we call invitation time or decision time. We'd love for you to make that decision, to step forward and say, literally step forward down here and to say, I, I want to learn about becoming a follower of Jesus or say, I'm ready. I'm ready today. I'm ready to acknowledge who Jesus is. I'm ready to turn away from my old life. I'm ready to be baptized into him and to start it today. Wouldn't that be great? Some of you here this morning need to make that decision. I'm praying for you. Let's stand up together. Let's pray together. Let's decide what we're going to do with God's word. Father, we are grateful for faithful people, even for a faith that might have just been uh, very new in the heart of a woman whose name we don't even know. Yet it drove her, her love for uh, her child and her trust in Jesus Christ drove her to seek the help that she needed. Lord, that is the story of every one of us if we would follow it through. Our need, our trust in you, driving us again to you to ask for help. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for the promise of a Redeemer, a Savior who rescues us from our own waywardness. And today I pray, Lord, that there will be decisions made for you Decisions to follow after you despite barriers and challenges. Uh, decisions, Father, to step ahead of our culture and of the people around us and to be what you have called us to be. Father, work in our hearts now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.